Today is the 12th day of April. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today as as we just come in. Uh, wherever we are, whatever's going on, uh, no matter what the challenges may be or the victories, we just come together as one family, allowing God's word to speak over us as we as we move through our next day. And so uh, the next bit of territory that we're heading into is further into the book of Joshua. We have crossed the Jordan River, this mythic uh, moment that we've been working our way towards so long. And so now we're on the other side of the Jordan River and we're in the promised land, but it isn't settled, it isn't taken. It, we've just arrived. And that's where we'll pick up with the story. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 through 7, 15 today. And we're reading from the New International Version this week. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how much the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeah Ha'aralot. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness forty years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. 
Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance! March around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout and shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. And the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests, carrying the seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. 
but keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, and all who belong to her, in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced this solemn oath, Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about three thousand went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, 
Sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go. Consecrate the people. Tell them, Consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord chooses shall come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family. And the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Luke 15 Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin. 
In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Psalm 
81. For the director of music, according to Gittith of Asaph, sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the timbrel. Play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon, and when the moon is full on the day of our festival. This is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If you would only listen to me, Israel, you shall have no foreign god among you. You shall not worship any god other than me. I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him, and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheats, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Proverbs 13, 1 A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Okay, so we are in the promised land and we have witnessed the first conquest of the city of Jericho. And it's just been mere weeks since we were standing at the ruins of Jericho. Uh, the large walled city that it may have once been, there's only fragmentary uh, ruins there, but still some ruins there, some of the oldest ruins of any kind of uh, city dwelling in the world are found in the ruins of Jericho. And so Jericho was conquered, and then they go to a small city nearby called Ai, and uh, some, some of the ruins of that city still exist. It's, it's, uh, it's being excavated, at least it was the last time it was there. We, we filmed there once, it was just kind of getting going. And they found defeat, which threw them into panic, because uh, what they were worried about is that 
the rest of the people uh, would find out certainly the reputation of the destruction of Jericho, but then to turn around and find out that they could be defeated by I, a small kind of village, little ta- little town, would cause everyone to, to band together and come against them and wipe them out. And this is then when God spoke, uh, you, you didn't you didn't obey you didn't obey what I told you to do. And uh, so there's been things taken that were supposed to be destroyed. And it's interesting because uh, we, we probably, most of us, have a sense of where this story is going with this man, Achan, who has taken property and hidden it. But let's look at what's going on here because they didn't just decide to go find Achan, drag him out, and, and do away with him. What was commanded was that the people consecrate themselves and prepare to come before the Lord the next day and the person found with the items that were devoted to destruction, then that person would be destroyed. So what if Achan had just gotten rid of what he had taken, what he had done to break covenant on behalf of his people before God? We don't know. Because he didn't do that. And we'll continue with that story tomorrow. But let's go over to Psalms for a second. Because because the psalm today brings up some important questions to consider. Like, does God have feelings? Right? Does the way that we live our lives affect God? Is he ever exasperated? Does he ever feel sadness? Like these are fascinating things to think about, but when we go back to the story of Achan, we could say he must have some feelings about what he's saying because he's exasperated that at the very first battle, some have broken faith with him. So how would it change the choices you're going to make today if you thought or knew that they were going to affect God? I, I know that might be like a mind bend. You might think, well, God is above it all and there's nothing that I can do that could affect him in any way. But that's not how the psalm reads. So what we read from Psalms today is, no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel didn't want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. So this is the voice of God speaking from the Psalms, and he doesn't sound aloof or, or, or a separate or disinterested, because he's not. He's not indifferent to us, and he's never been without emotion toward his people. And we've come far enough in the Bible to see that that's clear. And as we continue this journey through the Bible, we will, there's no way we will get to the end of the Bible and not understand that God is deeply invested, hugely emotionally invested into us. God wants to know us. God wants to be known by us. We would otherwise call that a relationship. And any of us who are in a relationship or who have ever been in a relationship, pretty much of any kind, doesn't have to be a romantic or sexual relationship, a relationship, 
that's real. Indifference doesn't work in relationships. But isn't it interesting how often we blame God for indifference to us? All, all the while being indifferent to his heart because he's not doing what we want him to do. So our reading from Psalms gives us a glimpse into, into what it feels like for God when we do this. So let's take these stories that we found in the scripture today and consider that our actions will matter in our lives and in our relationship with God today. Not because God might punish us if we're, if we're bad boys and girls, but, but because he's trusted us with his heart. That's what happens when you fall in love with somebody. That's what happens when you are in a relationship. So if we'll consider this as, as we move through the day with God, we may begin to sense just how powerful his resolve to care for us and be with us is. And so, Father, as we do most every day, we invite you into what we've read because we, we can use our minds to interpret and, and consider the words, but it's your Holy Spirit who will plant it in our lives and, and make it mean something that changes the way we're going to live today. And once again, understanding that you have invited us into a relationship should strike us uh, utterly speechless. What, what else can be said when the eternal God has invited a human being into a personal relationship uh, other than utter speechless awe? But most of the time we just take it for granted because it's just always been how it's been. And so we've had the audacity to say, well, if we're going to be in a relationship, then, <laughs> then you better show up for me in whatever set, set of circumstances I might weave myself into when uh, all of these circumstances that we create for ourselves and all of these chaoses that we make and all the, the drama that we're manufacturing by the bucket load every day, it never had to exist. We never had to birth it into the world. It never needed to be on this planet. We could have walked with you. We could have just gone through our days with you. It's our unrest. It's our dissatisfaction. And so we try to get our identity from each other and we cause and manufacture these dramas that, that are nothing more than distractions. And then when we are distracted and run ourselves into a brick wall, we throw our hands up in the sky and say, where were you when I needed you? Forgive us, God. We are so ridiculous sometimes. We are like sheep who have gone astray. And yet even in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus telling the story of leaving the 99 to find the one. And you have come after us so many times we can't even count. Forgive us. We are sorry for the emotional toll that our lives have had on you. And those of us who have estranged children or prodigals or are going through that kind of a season, we understand what this feels like. And obviously so do you because you told the story in the Gospel of Luke. 
Uh, but usually we focus our attention on what it is we are going through, not understanding that we have put you through this so many times and you have never given up on us. And you will never give up on anyone who is estranged from you, including our prodigals. So help us, God, to get our eyes back on our own lives and own our relationship with you and walk in our relationship with you and stop perpetuating darkness that does not need to be on this planet. We are here to bring light. We will never do this when we are estranged from you in any way. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us from bottom to top with your presence today, we ask. In the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come, let us return to where we were. Back to knowing life and saving words. Back to where we heard redemption speak. Where you brought us to our knees.
and drown I'm everything and nothing all at once 